Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hey everyone, Josh Neighbors here, Neighborhood Watch. Coming your way today, Robbie Triano and I break down this week's slate of Big 12 games, why Baylor and Texas Tech are not on the hot seat, but uh, you know, kind of their seasons are getting tested here in week number two as they both stare uh, opponents from Power 5 leagues that are ranked coming to them. Uh, what's on the line for them as they face down 0-2 potentially. Also want to let you all know that we are starting our CBS Sports College Pick'em this week. You all can join as the season goes along if you'd like to, but but at this point, we are starting this week. So if you guys want to know how to join, I'm going to show you all right now. All right, go to CBS Sports. Uh, I'm sharing my screen right now if you're watching on YouTube. If you guys want to join on, if you're listening to the podcast, I'll show you guys. If you go to CBS Sports, what you need to do is make an account. From CBS Sports, you'll go to Play, Play Now, just look up Neighborhood Watch 2023. Then you can use the password watch, W-A-T-C-H, all lowercase. That'll let you guys sign in. We're picking all Big 12 games. I've added Utah and Colorado, or excuse me, Nebraska and Colorado to pick this week. The winner at the end of the season will get some Big 12, or excuse me, some Neighborhood Watch merch and a 365 hat. So make sure you guys get involved on that. Uh, yeah. Enjoy the show today with Robbie Triano. I just want to show you guys this. The link for this will be in the show's description as well. All right. Hope you guys enjoy today's show. Robbie and I did talk about Colorado and the Big 12 for the first 10 minutes of this. I'm going to separate that and make it its own show. So it's just Robbie and I previewing this week's games. That brings us to this week, Robbie. Uh, if you are a Big 12 football fan like we are, Get your chores, get your honeydew list done Friday afternoon if you can, or if you get off work, do it because the action starts on Friday evening. And I mean, it really goes through the entire weekend. And I want to begin with two teams, Baylor and Texas Tech. We thought they would be playing big games this week, but not for different reasons, I think. The big game because it could really set up what they want to do the rest of the year. Now they're trying to stave off 0-2 starts after both losing to G5 schools. So let's go with Baylor first. They play in, and by the way, shout out to Kansas and Illinois playing the 6:30 game uh, on Friday night, ESPN2. Okay, and, and it sounds like we're hoping Jalen Daniels will play. Uh, we hate the fact that his back is 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 messed up. We're really hoping that it gets better for him. But uh, so that game's Thursday night or Friday night rather. So Utah and Baylor, 11 a.m. on ESPN on Saturday. Utah's balloon now to an eight-point favorite. Blake Shapin is out. I thought he played really well last week. Um, they weren't finished. Well, I think he played well last week. They were not finishing drives the way I think they, you know, they should have last week, but I think he should be the guy. Nonetheless, he's out. Sawyer Robertson steps in, and they face a Utah team that I think we believe is going to have Cam Rising this week. That really took care of business against Florida at Rice-Eccles Stadium. But uh, Baylor needs McLean to be a fortress for them this week because that was a big yikes, their performance against Texas State. 
Yeah, and um, I I'm gonna say something controversial, maybe, but I am kind of out on Baylor. I'm out on Baylor and Dave Aranda just because I think I've seen what I've need to see over last year. Last year was the kind of hint that things were maybe not going in the right direction in the Dave Aranda era. Last week against Texas State was the official what the hell is going on here type of situation because their offensive line last year, the most experienced that they've had in a really long time, didn't produce last year and were really, really bad against Texas State, a team that just completely overhauled everything. And Blake Shapin, it sucks that he's injured, but also where does he rank in terms of the league when it comes to quarterback? Like you lose a quarterback and you get Sawyer Robertson, great. You get someone who is at a power five school. What has he done? They have a good receiving core. I think one that is very underrated. But when we talk about this defense, you lose Ron Roberts or you get rid of him. Dave Aranda, defensive mind. And then you give up that many points to Texas State. That's where I'm kind of out on the Dave Aranda era so far. And I don't know if this is something that can be fixed. Maybe just because I don't know if this team is a top seven team anymore when it comes to this league. And I don't know how to define that Big 12 championship season anymore. He had all of Matt Rule's players or a lot of them. You had Jalen Petrie. You had Terrell Bernard. You had so many players that he did not recruit. They win. Now he is with his own players. They're not winning. He goes in the transfer portal finally and daps, and they're still getting, they're still losing. So that's where I'm like kind of out on Dave Aranda. And I really do think the hot seat conversation has to be there. I don't know if it's like fire him after the year, but like if Baylor only wins four games and doesn't make a bowl game, that's really, really concerning. But for this game, I think Utah is going to roll. And I do think that Utah is going to walk into the big 12 as that next Oklahoma. I think they're going to be the school that is mm. going to be in mention for winning a conference title every single year because they're doing it at the Pac-12, and I don't see them stopping with Kyle Winningham. That's a team that I really like. They're physical, and I love right. what they're going to bring to yeah. the Big 12. But I see a, I see kind of a bloodbath in this game. I don't know how Baylor is going to recover in one week after losing their quarterback. Right. I mean, their their secondary was was terrible, Like, and those guys don't look like they belong in the Big 12. Look, I know Big 12 secondaries have been blind, but like – the, and actually, Baylor's defense is at times really good at this. All right, if they're going to put up points on you, what do you need to do? You have to make some plays, right? If you're going to give it up, you need, and that, that's the one thing that some of these Big 12 defenses, like TCU's last year, was really good at, right? They were really good at making important plays whenever they needed to. And uh, this Baylor defense, you know, I have to think about, like, all right, where are they going to get the advantage? Um, you know, I, I – I think that the one thing Dave Aranda is really going to do is, is kind of adapting like, like, you know, on a, uh, in terms of like, what did I do? Well, he, he identifies what, what did not go well, I think pretty well. The problem now is he's not been as good at fixing it right now. There was a stretch last year where Baylor played really well. The big fix was they took the ball out of Blake Shapin's hands. We mentioned on our Sirius XM show, their team was actually at their best when they were just Richard Reese wide zone. And you know, what's weird, Robbie to me, this, this is weird to me. So you and I like Richard Reese a lot, right? I think we're massive fans. I know where you're going. So I we did the preview of Baylor, and I was like, yeah, Dominic Richardson, nice other piece. And they'll be like, oh, he'll be number one. I'm like, okay, why? Like, why? Richard Reese is a better running back than Dominic. Rich, Dominic Richardson is solid. Did something happen in camp? Is there, an, is there a health issue? Richard Reese, and I know he didn't he didn't run the ball really well last week, but like to me is a better back. Now, 
maybe they don't have as much confidence with, with the offensive lines. Maybe they feel like that Dom Richardson kind of getting up downhill, you know, is, is the right guy for them maybe. But was that strange to you? Because I think about those guys in their careers, like Richardson is what he is and, and Reese's upside's a bit higher and his chance to be a bit more explosive for you. Yeah, that was uh, very, very, very weird because Richard Reese, first team, all Big 12 preseason running back, uh, him and Devin Neal, and he gets seven carries. Um, yeah. And then after the game, Dave Aranda and his normal voice is like, yeah, we should have got him more touches. It's like, yeah, n- no crap. Like, of thank course you, you want to get this guy. Like, thank you. And that's where I'm kind of running out of like, like Dave Aranda kind of has a lot of excuses sometimes. And that's where he kind of pisses me off. Last year he was like, or coming in this year, he was like, you know, and I need to be, I need to be tougher on these players. I can't like, you know, it's like, okay, cool. So it feels like we're do really it. watching him grow and do it, but he's like telling it's us happening in real time. To, and it's like, this is like so strange for you, but yeah, like I don't know how that they are using him at, at all. And Dominic Richardson, sure. Good guy coming from Oklahoma state. He, he did. I mean, he got 79 yards, 16 carries good for him, but I think you have the guy in your backfield. I would use that. And this is where I'm just like, as a Baylor fan, you have to be like so conflicted or so like confused because two years ago, your athletic department was by far the best in the entire big 12 because you had the success in football. You still have Scott drew and that will not go away. The success of basketball and you have Kim Mulkey, Kim Mulkey's gone. She just won a title. Scott drew had a all right year last year, a little disappointing basketball wise. Now football back to back looking like bad years. Uh, yikes for Baylor. Uh, well, uh, I said we'll hit tech next, but I mean, we'll just do it by window because the, this this window is not as strong as the beginning. 11 a.m. also Troy and K-State. Game to watch here. Which team went to K-State last year and beat them? Well, it was a team out of the AAC in Tulane that, oh, I can't see out of the way, uh, that beat them in, in a real rock fight, right? So, uh, and Troy, and Troy was, I think, I think there was Troy in South Alabama played in the Sun Belt title. So be careful there. But uh, K State in good shape. You and I will, will, will talk more about K State later on this year because I actually think they're really good again. BYU and Southern Utah have some fun there. Let's see BYU, please. God score some more points did last please. week. Please. And speaking of a lack of points, I mean, the fanfare around El Asico this year Fox, 230, Iowa, Iowa State. We have got a, I mean, this game is just, we've got the Gambler's Bowl. we got everything going on with Brian Ferentz and, you know, 25 points a game, and they only got 24 last week. We have got the fact that Donald J. Trump, hey, we're not going to do debates, all right? We're going to kick ass in the polls, in the primary polls, and you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to Iowa, Iowa State. That's what we're doing, Right. Going to jail in Georgia or go to El Asico? I'll take El Asico is what Donald Trump said. I'll, that, that's what he said that he'll do. So this game to me is, I mean, look, it's going to suck. It always sucks, but it's going to be appointment television. I cannot wait for this game. Yeah, this is uh, the Sickos Committee Bowl. Like, you're a real sicko if you're watching this game and you're not a fan of Iowa and Iowa State. Like, unless you're watching just to see if Iowa reaches that certain point total they have to hit by the end of the year. But this is just a game where I am not high in Iowa State at all. I think their offseason has just been, frankly, terrible for them. And the thing that yeah. I'm – i if you're an Iowa State fan, I would be a little bit concerned because we just saw what is happening with Clemson uh, because that's a team that was at the top of the mountaintop 
and is now being knocked off because, honestly, in my opinion, an inability to enter the transfer portal and do something on that end. Get other players, and you were so gung-ho, and you were so, like, we have to just develop this culture, get the players we want right. from high school. And that's exactly what is happening with Matt Campbell and Iowa State, obviously to a lesser degree, but that was a team that has been at the highest that they have really, honestly, probably ever been besides, like, Seneca Wallace era. Now you're seeing Iowa State and Matt Campbell. You're losing a lot of players to the NFL draft. You saw that. Now you're losing a lot of players to gambling, which is just so stupid. And that is a team that could have definitely benefited from going in the transfer portal. They get five players, five, by far the lowest in the Big 12 last year. And that's a team that I just do not see how they're going to get out of it. There's no way they that got they got better this offseason. They're not adding to them. And this is a game where I, I just don't want to watch it, really, just because I am so low on Iowa State and what they had. They beat North, or Northern Iowa. Great. That team stinks. You're going to play now Power 5 football against Iowa, who also kind of stinks, but is definitely <laughs> recruiting and getting better talent than Iowa State. So I'm out on Matt Campbell era. I'm out on Iowa State. Um, you're a sicko if you watch this game, uh, but maybe it is entertaining just for the pure, the pure I don't know, uh, joy of watching terrible football big Rocco Rocco backed the quarterback now at Iowa State no idea that that guy was going to the season no um I will say this like they took a they did take care of business last week although they were out games by 25 yards I think it was like they like 250 total yards of offense so I expect a struggle I'm here for it I love the games where net punting yards are the most important stat and this is one of those games uh Robbie, this is modern college football with Oklahoma meets SMU. We're not going to talk about it very much, but this is currently a game where an AAC team is traveling to take on a Big 12 team next year. And also, uh, but this game was new on the schedule because this is replacing, I believe, Oklahoma and Georgia, maybe. Yeah. Some SEC matchup. Uh, I believe it's Georgia. Right. So, uh, So AAC team bound for the ACC team is playing the Big 12 team bound for the SEC because the SEC team had to move an SEC game <laughs> or a non-conference game. It was, you know, we can't, I'm not going to play Georgia this year. So uh, it's on ESPN Plus as well at 5 o'clock. So there you go. Uh, Rhett Lashley, have some fun with that one. Yeah. Uh, and Duquesne and West Virginia also play at 5. 5.30. Oh, the barnstorming Cincinnati Bearcats head to Pittsburgh for a regional rivalry. I'm actually fired up for this game. That line should be more than 7.5. Um, they Emory Jones, I will believe it when I see it, brother. But look at this, Robbie. Look at this four games right here. I mean, the CW is gonna get us tonight and gonna start off at 5 30. Uh also uh Texas and Alabama at six, obviously. The Fox game, Oregon, Texas Tech, and then UCF with a challenge at Boise. Because I, I know this, I know Boise got thumped by by Washington last week and and UCF did the did the job on uh, on old Kent State, but that Boise State team is actually thought of pretty highly, so that's gonna be a difficult game for them. And uh, you know UCF, they they're kind of the newcomer that I think people believe will make the most noise this season, and I think beyond too. But really, Robbie, the the big one to me, obviously Texas Alabama, but Texas Tech was the team that we heard about all off season, and they got caught in the Laramie trap. This is a game that I saw my Missouri Tigers uh, lose. I believe Washington State lost this game. I don't know how in the hell these Power 5 schools keep going to Laramie to open up their seasons, but they do, and they keep losing. They keep taking leads, and they keep losing the game. 
And to me, I love how I love how exciting the Zach Kitley style is. It's a lot of fun, but here is the issue with it. Um, I know the clock moves a lot more, but the problem is if your offense begins to stagnate and defenses settle in and your defense is not excellent, it's a problem because if you toss the ball around the yard as much as they do, and complete passes mean the clock stops. When the clock stops, and you and even if it starts and you run pace and you're not and your drives aren't lasting very long, your defense will be on the field more. So it you're you're gonna end up kind of playing an NBA style game where it's a game of runs, right? You you score twice, I score twice, and that's kind of how it goes. And it's tough to capitalize and keep momentum. Now it might be the best play style for them, but I still think you need to know when to kind of put on the brakes a little bit and hold on to leads and I think this lead was basically gone by the time they hit halftime, right? And or somewhere in that area. So that hype train quickly derailed, and now they face a really talented Oregon Ducks team at home. Yeah, and that game against Wyoming, I think Wyoming, obviously the, the trap of that, don't ever sign up for that. But also I think Wyoming was a better team than we thought. But also I, I very much agree with you, and that's why this game didn't necessarily – make me lose hope in Joey McGuire and Texas Tech. I still think they are going to be a better team than last year, but this is where it confirms I didn't think this team was going to compete for a Big 12 title, or some people were mm-hmm. saying even the college football playoff, like the sneaky dark horse team, if all things breaks. This team does not run the football, and if you look at the history of the Big 12 over the past couple of years, who are the teams that are winning the Big 12 titles? They are the teams that run the football. We look at last year, you had Kansas State, you have Deuce Vaughn. You had Adrian Martinez. You had that. In that game as well, TCU, you have Max Duggan. You have Kendra Miller. You had those players. The year before that, you had Baylor. You had Abram Smith. And then you had Oklahoma State with Spencer Sanders. And then that group of running backs as well. And then the year before that, obviously Oklahoma. Like, you had that litany of running backs as well as the quarterbacks with Jalen Hurts. You cannot be successful in this league if you cannot run the football or have that type of star type of player And that's where I'm kind of out on Texas Tech being that Big 12, you know, dark horse team. And I think that they proved that in this game. And this is where I think the lumps are going to keep on going. I do not see them beating Oregon, even though I think they're going to be extra motivated. And I trust Joey McGuire to do that. I don't see them in this game because I don't think they have the star player to necessarily take them to that level um, that we talk about the dark horse teams or the teams that make that big leap. I think Tyler Shuck is a good quarterback. I thought he had a lot of great throws and he is able to go and run if he needs to. I think he's a good serviceable quarterback. I don't think he's a quarterback that can make sure in the pivotal moments of the games, he's going to be there and get that game winning drive. I don't see that for him. And this is where a team where if they win eight or nine wins this year, that's great. Um, But that's a team where I'm not going to believe all the preseason hype anymore. I think this is a team that's going to improve, but let's hold the brakes on Joey McGuire. I believe in the future, but this team does not have the star talent to necessarily make the leap that we all thought they would. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I'm actually going back now and I, you know, on, on the point I just made like the drives. So the first drive of the game was a minute 49. Then it was 42. No, it's at the 42 seconds. They, they forced a fumble though. The next next drive was three plays, four yards, 56 seconds. Next drive was four plays, negative four yards, a minute, 10 seconds. The next drive was 59 seconds and an interception, right? So, and then 227, like you, you kind of get the point here. They're not holding the ball for long swaths of time, even if they force turnovers and whatnot, you know, and I don't want a quick strike and whatnot, but um, yeah, like it puts, this offense does put a lot in the quarterback. And the one issue we had last year was they could not guarantee 
quarterback health, right? And like when the quarterback becomes a part of the running game too, you know, you're having a guy throw the ball 47 times and also run the ball 15 times. I mean, you know, that's, that's a high number. And it went to overtime too, double overtime. So it does inflate those a little bit, but that was still the case last year. And the bowl game last year, Tyler Shuck ran the ball 15 times. Look, man, this team ran the ball for uh, sub three yards a carry is what they ended up running the ball for in this game. I didn't buy them. And, and, and the good news for them, Robbie, I don't want to be all negative, is everything right. is in front of them, right? I agree. The goal totally. for this team is not a college football playoff, right? That was never the goal. The goal for this team is a Big 12 championship. Because if you look historically at Texas Tech, they live in that, like, the, even at the peak of Mike Leach, they lived at six, seven, eight wins. That's the area where they live. The, a chance to, to uh, uh, you know, a couple times kick up. Everybody's like, well, Texas know you out of the league now and, and beating them is challenge, right? So we're trying to live at eight, nine or seven, eight, nine. We're going to be in that area more often than not and keep making that jump up. Texas Tech is still at a point right now with where the offense that they run and the defense that they run, you know, the, the basically the quality of player in their defense, I do think it's got a little bit better, um, that they are not all the way there yet. And look, I thought they got beat, you know, the, the fourth down play that Wyoming beat them on was a really good read. They sent Demerson on a blitz and mm-hmm. uh, Peasley picked it up and just dumped it over. But it was a really good play. It was, I, I thought it was a good play call on defense. They took a risk. They're trying to make sure they got to the quarterback and not let him make a play. And he made a play. So good for good for him. But I think there's stuff to take from that. Uh, the problem is this week, you know, you, I mean, you get, you get, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this from, you get Bo Nix coming to town, which is kind of terrifying, which I can't. Knowing believe, you, I, you hate it. Bo Nix. And now that I you can't, have to say I can't good, believe he's, so he's awesome. He's awesome now. He's, he's a really good, he's a really good player yeah. now in, in the Pac-12, but you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, everything's ahead of them, but the momentum that they were trying to capture is no longer, uh, well, a chance to regain it, right? We're saying a lot of different stuff, you know, th- but the goal is big 12 title. And I think about, okay, which way can they prove to me they're meaningfully moving towards that this week? And I actually think that they're the things that they could do in a loss that would prove it to me. But here's the problem. They've already lost the first game now. So even if you feel like there's some improvement made 0-2. Yeah, no, no. I totally agree too. And for the Texas tech fans that are upset, like I believe in your program, I believe in your coach. It's just, I'm talking about the expectation that was maybe unfairly placed upon you. Like, I don't think that you were at that level yet. And like, can you still win a big 12 title? Absolutely. You haven't played any big 12 title games, but like, is are you the type of team that can do that right now? I don't necessarily think that is possible. And then you talk about QB health. Like what have we seen from Tyler Shuck? Like, I don't want to wish injury on a person, but there's been times where, I mean, it's just a guarantee he's going to get injured every single year. And I love Baron Morton, like waiting in the weeds, but like, I, I don't know if you can necessarily have that consistent level of QB play every single week. If it is so demanding and you don't have the running game, Taj Brooks is good. Give him the football more. And that's where I'm, I'm, I'm high on Texas tech, but not high to the point where I think they're going to do anything necessarily remarkable or compete for titles in this league this year, this year, they'll be good in the future. Right. Right. I think their NIL is definitely good enough too. I mean, talk about NIL, like, and what matters moving forward, they definitely have the the NIL to do it, and they definitely have a great recruiter in Joe McGuire. So, you know, I know this season was built, they were building towards a lot, but it, it does feel a little bit different this year. Let's talk Alabama and Texas uh, here because this game is is kind of the big showdown. And look, I, I've said this, Robbie. This this is Texas's chance. We just 
two teams that I think people were saying, well, if there's a this year's TCU or this year's K-State lost last week and showed some obvious holes. Uh, last year's TCU, TCU, uh, showed some serious holes last week. Texas was not excellent against Rice, uh, but I, you know, I think it's week one and whatnot. Here's the one thing we do know is Sark is really good at, at getting up for big games, but this is Texas's chance to, to, they've got the money in the bank briefcase. They're about to go to the sec. This is your best chance to win a conference title in a while, right? You've built this group up. Uh, some guys have been together the entire time, but you know, you built this group from five and seven to blow, you know, you blew a lot of leads to eight and four. You lost exclusively one score games during the regular season last year. And you were, uh, you know, a uh, K-State lost away from the Big 12 title game against KU and you know, the, the, the K-State-Kansas game defined it because you put the pressure on, you won that Baylor game. And now you're here. And they have arrived at this point. Uh, Jalen Milrow looked great for Alabama last week. Um, you know, this game last year, people say, you know, they had them. Well, Texas did have them. I know Quinn Ewers was hurt, but number one, number one pick in the draft made an unbelievable play. That's kind of what the number one pick of the draft. And he connected a lot with the, uh, with your now, uh, one of your favorite players, Jameer Gibbs and the Detroit lions. Correct. They don't have that this year. The Alabama defense is a little bit better that we're hearing, but here's the thing. This Texas offense outside of that Ohio state wide receiving core, Robbie, I do believe it's the best receiving core in the country. Xavier worthy, Isaiah Nayor, uh, JT Sanders in terms of pass catcher, the offensive line to me should be better. I actually think Quinn Ewers is getting better. I think he's improving. Um, once again, I think about last year, first full-time year as a starter, and, and he didn't even start every single game. He was injured. So can they put it all together here? I, I really I really feel like there's a chance that they win this football game. I really do feel like they can do it. Sark is very good in these moments. I, I think as good as this Bama defense is, Texas has like the athletes to exploit that. You know, that Nick Saban mentioned it. Defense is excellent to have. It's wonderful. But your offense has to be great, too. Georgia's defense has been amazing. But Stetson Bennett was amazing and awesome, too. And, and Georgia could run the football, too. Like, you need to have it, the combination in tandem. And so I think Texas has what it takes. We saw it last year to challenge the Bama defense. I think they will do that once again this year. And I think there's nobody better at scheming stuff up than Stark. So it's, it's going to take everything I have not to pick Alabama, uh, to, not to pick Texas in this game. But once again, Nick Saban has not lost a home non-conference game since the ULM game way back when. So the, the trends are not in Texas's favor. Yeah, this game is like, besides Colorado, Nebraska, I can't believe that like this is now kind of the afterthought of that, or not the afterthought, right. but like this game should clearly be the number one, but because Colorado versus Nebraska and Dion, like that is getting all the hype. But this game to me is like so interesting because you look at Alabama and there is a lot of unknown, even though they're the third best team in the country, and we all know and love Nick Saban and what he can do. But just like what you said, you don't have Bryce Young anymore. You don't have Jameer Gibbs. You're starting Jalen Milrow, who is kind of, you know, coming into his own a bit and like kind of learning on the fly. And Texas can take advantage of that, of a quarterback who hasn't necessarily had those reps. But on the other side, mm -hmm. Texas is this team that has the most hype I think it's had for a really, really long time. But also it is Texas, a team that never reaches that potential. This is a team full of potential, but we need to see it on the field. And now we get to see those two square up against each other. And I agree with you. Like, to me, like, I know that the Big 12 fans here hate Texas, and, like, I kind of hate them too, but you have to respect them. In my opinion, they are the best team in the Big 12 talent-wise. I think coaching-wise, they're going to get there. I think the talent kind of exceeds the rest of the league right now, and we're seeing 
that this talent is actually producing more than the other five stars that they had in the past. The thing that I have paused with Texas, their defense was incredible against Rice. Their defense is making the steps that you need to be if you want to be a team competing in the SEC, playing up front, playing dirty football, having the line of scrimmage being that solidified. The thing that Texas that I am concerned about for this year is the running game. You lose Bijan Robinson, and I was watching that game against Rice, and I don't know if they necessarily have their guy. They are a running back by committee, but I don't know if I necessarily love either of their two options. Jaden Blue is this young player, five-star recruit. We know how good he can be, best player in Texas. And then you have Jonathan Brooks, who I actually really liked in that game, but I don't know if either of those backs can be you know, the one that can get you to you know, 130 yards or one that can break through and win you a game. And I don't know if I necessarily trust Quinn Ewers to the level where he can you know, play and win meaningful drives quite yet. I know he has the talent. I believe in him. But I don't know if this game in Alabama, he is able to, you know, two-minute drive, if he's able to do that. So I really like this Texas team a whole lot. But running game is going to be really something I'm looking forward to in this game. And I, I just think this is going to be a, a beautiful, beautiful test between two of the best, or not best, but one best and the another uh, major brand. Um, it's going to be a beautiful, interesting game. Yeah, you know, you almost wonder, is is this a good game to bring out uh, Malik Murphy? You know, I, I know Stark had talked about using him some. And look, I'm not, I'm not a fan of bringing out quarterbacks just to run them. Uh, I, we know Malik can also throw the ball too, but if he adds a dimension to your running game, maybe you should use him some because, you know, I think that's, that's something that could be an interesting wrinkle, right? I mean, we saw the way Sark attacked different parts of the field. If you feel like that's something you can exploit, like use all resources at your, at your, you know, at your uh, availability. I mean, to do so. And look, Quinn looked really sharp in that Texas game, uh, the Alabama game starting off. Right. And they do look there. We know how good Sark is on script. Um, Next thought as the game went along, they were still pretty good too, right? Just some things didn't bounce their way and great players make big plays and they lose viewers and all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I'm with you in the running game that, that needs them. They have to clean up and it needs to be a bit better. Um, you know, they, I, you know, yeah. Like, is it blue? You know, is it, is it a guy like Brooks? Is it Robinson? Is it all three? Right. Can you find a hot hand and whatnot? Yeah. Obviously they, they lost a couple hammers last year. Right. But I, I still feel like their offensive line can't be good enough, and that's going to be the big fight for them. It just feels like it's more of a fair fight up front this year than it has been in the past. Um, but this week, Robbie, just like overall for the Big 12, this was the one that we circled, right? This is kind of the, the, the non-conference week that we had circled. And um, after week one, though, I will say it's kind of final thought here. Like, it feels like even after a week, it's K-State, it's Oklahoma because the schedule, and it's Texas. I really, and I know we haven't played a conference game yet, but like, I really do feel like it's those three schools and um, Texas cause talent. Cause, and also cause it seems like it's their time. K state's returning a lot of those guys and they took care of business last week. And I actually like the way they looked and they're one of those teams that actually, you know, they retained so much of last year's group, which is really positive for them. You know me, I love the, Kansas state. I, yeah. I love this team this year. Shout out DJ Giddens. Love him. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing is like, okay, like, you know, running back's really important for them, obviously, because of how good Deuce Vaughn was. But, you know, if they can block at, at the same high level and they've got decent backs, like, I know everything that he does will be a loss there, but still the drop-off won't be too high because the guys they've got in the backfield are really good. So, I, you know, 
I think K-State's got a good a chance to, to contend for the Big 12 title this year, too. But it feels like those three teams are just head and shoulders above the rest at this point in time. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Oklahoma, to me, is interesting because, you know, last year we got high on the non-conference supply. They come out 3-0, and and yep. they looked great. This year, I think, is a different story. You lose Marvin Mims, you lose Eric Gray, you lose some key players, but I do think the thing that they have that they didn't have last year when things got rocky is quarterback depth. You're seeing Dylan Gabriel mm-hmm. take another step, and obviously they play a, a, just a bogus team last week. But like you have the assurance, insurance to have Jackson Arnold behind you, and he looked great in that game. And I think the fact that they have that card in their back, back pocket is huge for them. And then there's a team that I want to just like take off. Like Texas Tech was on the mantle of Dark Horse, taking them off. I, mean, I have my eyes on you, UCF. I, I have my eyes on you. You play Boise State on the road. If you win that game, I'm really looking at you to kind of upset, you know, what's happening in the Big 12 when it comes to this year. John Rice Plumley is a beast. That team is uh, has the depth that it needs to compete in this league. I'm watching you. And then another game in this week, Oklahoma State, Arizona State. I don't know what's going on with Oklahoma State's quarterback situation. No yeah, they added whatsoever. one. They added they added one to the quarterback battle this week, didn't they? Right. I mean, we heard it was gonna be two guys, and then Gunnar Gundy all of a sudden is in a one-score game, and it's like, uh-oh. I thought it was like Alan Bowman shirt up. Nope. And then you play Arizona State. I understand that that's a game that Oklahoma State is favored in, even though you're on the road. I have my eyes on that game just because like I think Oklahoma State can be another team that can upset but that first week was not great. I don't know what's happening with their quarterback situation, but those are the two teams right now that I could see kind of sneaking into that top three. But I do think right now it is top three, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas State. And I don't know if anybody is necessarily that close to that echelon yet. All right, Robbie. So where can the people now find you uh, and what kind of things are you doing now? Give us a, a life update, if you will, and uh, tell us where the where the good people can find you. Yeah. So if you're not aware, Robbie Triano, uh, I am done with my time at SiriusXM. Loved it there. Uh, did for now, yeah, never, never say never. Right. Uh, for, for the moment, uh, uh, I moved to Chicago, so I can't be in the D.C. studios anymore, but love my life here. Um, I am working with The Score in Chicago, doing a lot of stuff, talking all Cubs, Bears, which I hate because I'm a Detroit sports fan. I'm still in the college football game. You're going to hear a lot more things coming from me soon, so keep tuned to that and follow me on Twitter at the Triano Kid. I promise good things are coming, and you will find out about them. All right, Robbie Triano, our friend and yours. Thank you so much, buddy. You're the best, Josh. Appreciate you.